0: Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. It is another Monday, and that means we should sit down and have some martinis. I'm Chad Benson, in for Greg Corumbus. Jim Garrity, as always, is here and ready to roll. And we've got your three martinis lined up, and, well, they're... There, there are a lot of good martinis, but these three are the ones you guys need to know today. And the first one, well, let's say the first one starts off with what's happening in D.C. and the confirmation hearings are going on. And as you would expect, uh, Jim, it's it's pretty much as you will hear from this the ex- everything that you would expect to hear from the people and the powers that be when taking on any kind of hearings.
1: Senate Republicans are refusing to address American health care or COVID-19 or economic relief because they care more about putting an extremist ideological judge on the bench.
0: Yeah. And we start out with our first martini, the good one. Uh, The Democrats are doing what the Democrats do, which is grandstand and ask very few questions.
1: Yeah, it is worth noting that every senator gets to have an opening statement, and that's all we've gotten so far today. If we're lucky, we will get to Barrett's opening statement this afternoon, including the senators who are introducing her. Uh, look, I, you know, if you watched any confirmation hearing of the last decade or so, this you, you pretty much will feel like this is in reruns. Uh, you kind of wonder if all they had to change about the rhetoric they had about Brett Kavanaugh is to change the gender instead of... He is an extremist ideological judge. So they just have to go into their notes, add the letter S and say, she is an extremist ideological judge. And I think that if every single time a Republican president nominates a judge, John Roberts, Samuel Alito, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett, if the rhetoric is always, oh my goodness, I cannot believe the president has appointed this extremist ideological judge the worst like, if every pick is the worst, then none of them are the worst, right? There's never any sense of, of you never hear any Democratic senators say, mm, this is not somebody I would have wanted, but this is a pretty good, you know, by, by the standards of judges Republicans would like, she's pretty good. You never hear any of that. And I think that's one of the reasons what happens at these hearings generally gets tuned out. Uh, you know, I, I've been watching them on and off. Other folks at National Review who really, you know, are, are glued to these things are observing that. They haven't laid a glove on her, in part because they haven't asked any questions, but also because this is just more of what we've seen at all of these processes, going back to Gorsuch and Kavanaugh and uh, going back to Roberts and Alito and all that stuff. So uh, no surprises so far. I think it's safe to say that the nomination is still on path. My guess is it'll be very much a party line vote, maybe an exactly party line vote, because Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia doesn't need to be reelected this year. Uh, But beyond that, you're looking at something in the neighborhood of 52, 48, 50, you know, you'll probably lose Collins, you'll probably lose Murkowski, and we're probably on path for a 51-49 confirmation vote.
0: Yeah, I've always said these here, nothing good ever happens in front of the media as far as learning anything. This is more about the people asking the questions it is the person answering them.
1: Yeah, you know, Democrats want to demonstrate we fought really hard. And you know, if, if you mean like histrionics and denouncing them and frothing at the mouth is fighting really hard, then yes, they did that. Good for you guys.
0: <laughs> oh, that's the good. Here's another good. It's called Gabby. When you've had the same car insurance or homeowner's insurance for years, you kind of get trapped into paying your premiums and not thinking about it. That makes it really easy to overpay and not even realize it. So what are you going to do? You're going to stop overpaying for car and homeowner's insurance. See about getting a lower rate for the exact same coverage you already have thanks to Gabby.
1: Gabby takes the pain out of shopping for insurance by giving you an apples-to-apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers. We're talking about companies like Progressive and Nationwide and Travelers. You just link your current insurance account, and in just minutes, you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage that you currently have. Gabby customers save $825 per year on average. And if they can't find you savings, they'll let you know so you can relax knowing you have the best rate that is out there. And they will never sell your information, so no more annoying spam or robocalls.
0: It's totally free to check your rate. There's no obligation. It takes a few minutes right now. And you can stop overpaying on your car and homeowner's insurance. Go to Gabby.com slash martini. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash martini. Gabby.com slash martini. Slash martini. Hi, I'm Sarah Carter, host of the Sarah Carter podcast. Everywhere you look these days, we're seeing an aggressive effort to destroy what made America great, tearing down our history, attacking our freedoms and canceling any person who dares to cross the progressive speech police. We cannot stand by and let this happen. It's time for the silent majority to become the unsilent majority. Join me on the Sarah Carter podcast. Subscribe at Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, we've had the good. Now let's move on to the bad, and it's moving in a different direction. And that is the fact—the whole thing with the vaccine and America's readiness for the vaccine. And for whatever reason, Jim, whether it is it's political in nature or some people just want to see take a step back and see how this thing works. Uh, it's falling now, and now we're under fifty percent.
1: Yeah, this is the latest numbers from Gallup. Uh, you know, generally reliable pollster. Uh, they had checked in uh, in August. It uh, had already in July. It was sixty six percent. In August, it was down to sixty one percent, and now it's down to fifty percent. And for those whose instinct is to you know automatically start you know pointing fingers, ironically. Faith in the vaccine or willingness to take the vaccine has actually increased amongst Republicans from 37% to 47%. Amongst Democrats, it's largely plummeted from 78% to 53 And amongst uh, independents, it's sliding somewhat from 59 to 49 Look, this is going in the wrong direction. I can completely understand people being a little bit nervous about a new vaccine. But as you know, all of these things are in currently in testing trials involving tens of thousands of people. People may recall that over the one over in Oxford uh, they delayed it for a few days because somebody had a reaction and they are trying to figure out, was that a reaction because of the vaccine or was that a reaction because of some other outside factor? Uh, you know, it's always a possibility somebody catches something from somewhere else and that ends up causing some reaction in their system. And people wonder, was that because of the vaccine we gave them is because of something else. This is, you know, everyone involved in this is doing the best they can and is doing this. They want us to be safe, but they also want us to be fast because they want people to get vaccinated as quickly as possible so we can get back to normal life. Uh, Look, you know, if you have questions, talk to your doctor. If you have questions, it's understandable. But the fact that this is dropping so precipitously is really unnerving because as of July, 83% of Democrats, basically in a span of two or three months, we've seen 30% drop. I cannot help but suspect this is driven in part by folks like Kamala Harris saying, well, Trump approves the, uh, if Trump tells me to take the vaccine, I'm not taking it, you know, she, you know, later in the debate elaborated that, well, if the doctors say it's fine. Sure. Trump is not going to come out from the balcony of the White House and just throwing out needles at people for them to take a vaccine. Anything that gets through this process is going to be approved by the FDA. It's going to be OK with Fauci. It's going to be OK with Burks. You know, this idea that there's some sort of, you know, Trump the vaccine coming to store soon is kind of ridiculous. And it's, I think it's undermining public faith in the vaccines. That's exactly what we don't need at a time like this.
0: Absolutely. I'll tell you what, uh, it's just, I always think that they make it seem like Trump is inside some room with a white coat and some sort yes. of Bunsen burner, <laughs> you know, coming up with some sort of vaccine. And I find it to be absolutely, uh, crazy. And speaking of crazy, day of rage in Portland. And I'll tell you what, uh, When is there not a day of rage in Portland at this point in time? But they're knocking everything down and it doesn't matter if you are some sort of statue and they deem you to be somebody who came from the past. uh, You must be knocked down because you are the problem.
1: Yeah, uh, this is out. You might be like, you know, oh, uh, you know, Jim and Chad are talking about Portland protesters setting fire to things and destroying things and toppling uh, statues. Is this a rerun of the three martini lunch? No, it is not. This is still going on. Uh, and I guess you could say the protesters in Portland have now completed the Mount Rushmore cycle. They have toppled statues of former presidents Theodore Roosevelt and Abraham Lincoln. I'm guessing because of slavery. <laughs> I'm trying to, you know, what their objection to those two guys are. At this, you know, And they shattered the entrance to the Oregon Historical Society in Portland's South Park blocks late Sunday before going on to other areas of downtown, smashing storefronts and engaging in other acts of destruction. It's mid-October. This has been going on for the better part of three or four months now, and it continues to yeah. go on. It is is baffling. It's interesting because I understand Ted Wheeler's got a challenger in the uh, in the primary over there. Unfortunately, this is a explicitly pro-antifa candidate. He's getting challenged. Ted Wheeler is the conservative in this race. Um, so you know you're in a circumstance where most of us outside the city are rooting for both of them to lose. Um, you know, it's it's depressing and, and you know uh, probably accurate to say that at this point, those who are in government in Portland have a minimal interest in restoring order and law and stopping people from toppling statues, t- statues that you could not justify the toppling of in a million years by any of the standards, even by the standards of Black Lives Matter or the 169 Project or anything like that. Theodore Roosevelt and Abraham Lincoln are just fine, and if you want to take down a statue, there are proper ways to do this anyway
0: absolutely it is craziness it is chaos and i just look at portland and i say to myself i don't know what you guys want uh, outside of most of you just don't want to grow up but i i just don't see an end in sight and if that's the way you want to live well portland you're gonna to have to make better choices in who you pick to uh run your city
1: you know i guess you know, our, our, i guess the question is have they driven out everyone in portland who would want order in their streets if not, no you know, why has no one, it, 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 and it's possible. People may have voted with their feet. It may very well be that anybody who's left in the businesses are going to leave. People who don't want to live in a atmosphere of chaos will do so. Uh, Portland, you know, it, maybe save Portland needs to be the argument of the, you know, non-anarchist left, the non uh, just, you know, the non Antifa left, because you got to wonder what's left. you know who's going to want to live there if this is the atmosphere month after month, and God knows maybe continuing into next year.
0: You just never know. Jim Garrity, it's always great to be here. I'm in for Greg Corumbus all this week. I look forward to doing it again with you tomorrow. Looking forward to that as well, Chad. That is your three martini lunch. We had you good, we had you bad, and we had you crazy. We'll do another tomorrow.